I was almost going to say, come forward, come up and fill up. Do you know there's dozens of churches in the West Country would love to see so many children grow to this. This is, I go to several churches, yes, several, different denominations, and I think this is the largest number of children that go out of a Sunday morning to the Sunday school. We must thank God. Bless those children. Bless those, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And it's wonderful to see so many. And I've got somebody to tell you, somebody to say. Um, Only this morning, I read a scripture. And I read the first words in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that struck me afresh this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There are many, many people that don't believe that that are sitting in our churches today, that are preaching from our pulpits today. I just read it this morning afresh, sitting down, looking out over the the view that we have, and I can't help but believe it firmly. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There are people that are going up and sending things up into the universe. And I heard a professor the other day, we want to find out the meaning and the reason for all this. We want to put it together. They never will because God is in control. God made the heavens and the earth. I'm going to preach in a moment. (laughs) Just as I got in the car this morning, I put in a a CD because it's Sunday and I thought I'd better put in a, a spiritual one. What do you think they were singing about? The God of creation. So I feel there's somebody here today that is doubts. You get home. Get hold of a Bible, whatever, whatever um, translation it is, and read it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And everything, the little things, the little mice, the big elephants, anything, God created. But do you know he loves you as individuals? If you were the only person living in, in Painton, he loves you so much. That amazing grace is for you. I remember a few years ago, we were very privileged, and I love Catherine, listening to Catherine Jenkins. And we went on a little holiday somewhere in the Mulford Coast, and she was singing in a castle in the courtyard. And the we were all dressed up with our jack ties and all this rigmarole, and we all sat around on tables, about 300 of us. She stood up, and she sung Amazing Grace. And I had a cold sweat. Something happened to me, and I just don't know what happened. And I, oh dear. And I looked around, and I looked around. I thought, how many people know what this amazing grace is. And I was convicted and convinced, and I came home and I preached for weeks and weeks, whether I did hear about amazing grace. And I went to my son-in-law, who 
20-odd years ago, never went to church and never anything to do with God. I said, what did you used to think about amazing grace? He said, I thought it was a girl. I thought it was about a girl. I wonder if you know what amazing grace is. The amazing grace of God, our Savior, that he's so interested in you. Right, I'm going to start now with the sermon. We were going to sing a hymn, but I think we'll leave it for now because the time is going fast, isn't it? I'm going to come back to Psalms. I've got two or three things to say about Psalms. The first one is I want to read Psalm 8 to you. Please. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing the enemies, all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the works of your fingers, put your imagination going, the night sky and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. You made them only a little lower than God and, and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, everything that swims in the ocean currents. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic your majestic names fills the earth. Amen. That's God's word. Isn't that wonderful? And he promises us it'll never return to me void. Always has an effect. I want to speak from Psalm 23 today. You might say, Partridge, that's much, not much of a harvest hymn. But I want to speak, I want to read it to you first, then I'm going to speak about it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Psalm 23. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David wrote that when he was being pursued, when he was out looking after the sheep. What, what a man to write those words. The Lord is my peace, and we all need peace. In this turmoil, the last two years, what peace have we had? We all need peace. I want to read something that I haven't used for years, and I came across it this morning, so I, it's about peace. And I wrote it out, 
and it refers to fishermen with no, no particular reason, but you can see and see if it does. <laughs> it, this is from Job 22, verse 21. Acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. A wealthy businessman was upset to find a fisherman sitting beside his boat. Why aren't you out fishing? He asked. Because I've caught enough for the day, replied the fisherman. Well, why don't you catch more fish than you need? The businessman asked. What would I do with them, he said. The businessman said, you could earn more money, buy bigger boats, catch even bigger fish, and make more money. Soon you'd have a whole fleet of boats and be rich like me the fisherman said. Then what would I do? This businessman replied, you could sit down and enjoy, the fish, enjoy life. The fisherman said, what do you think I'm doing now? Got it? No? Slow, are you? I don't think you listened, did you? <laughs> it, he, he was sitting down resting. The businessman said, well, get on and do more. You'll be able to rest. But he said, that's just what I'm doing. Peace. Do you know what real peace is? Before the birth of Jesus, the Bible speaks about Jesus being born. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. He can, he will, he does. When asked, he will bring peace into every situation in life. Every situation, when you ask him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's great. It's possible to have a great sense of peace while sitting perhaps in a quiet church or watching the sunset, or listening to music. But nothing in these experiences may have whatsoever to do with the peace of God. And the peace of God is only possible for those who have peace with God. Do you know peace with God? Are you sure of your salvation? 100% sure, and you have peace with God? A true, deep peace of mind and heart. And conscience is desperately rare today. Every year, there are millions of working days lost because of depression and nervous illness. The NHS bill for Tranquilizers and pet pills run at hundreds of millions per year. But just listen to this verse again. It breeds, breathes a glorious atmosphere of peace lying down. Um, I'm a farmer. I keep a lot of sheep. And when I drive around mornings, yesterday was very difficult with the fog. But when I drive around on a sunny morning like this, I go through the flocks of sheep, and we've got a few, and we, about a thousand, 
and I drive around and it gives me the greatest pleasure when I see those sheep lying down. And you can drive around, you can drive around like that and even see them just lying down. They're at peace. They're at peace. And the Christian can be at peace. It suggests contentment and rest when I see those sheep lying down. And I realize that they're content with no fear, no worries, at peace. Plenty of food, just resting, just resting. And Jesus refers to us many, many times as sheep without a shepherd. Do you know the shepherd? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? If you can't, you've got to turn everything in that psalm the opposite way around. You try it when you get home. If you can't say, the Lord is my shepherd, you turn every word opposite to what it is. I shall want. I can't lie down. He does not lead me. But if you know him as my shepherd, you can say he will. Green pastures speak of tender, sweet grasses, which is always rich and fresh and satisfying. That's true. Grass, young grass, is rich and satisfying. Quiet waters. David mentioned about the refreshing and quiet water, the peaceful, restoring. When you walk by a brook, the brook makes a little bit of noise as it goes over the stones. And when you come to a pond, the water's still moving at the same rate. You don't see it moving, and it's still. Just still. That's what Jesus wants us to have in our life, that stillness. Not the rush and bustle and noise and, and everything. Just be resting in him. I don't say you can do it all the time when you've got a busy household. You can't do it all the time when you're working. But take time to be with him. Take time to enjoy his presence. Take time to be at peace with God. Do you want to be restored? Do you want to mend what is broken in your, your life? Don't you tell me that there's nothing broken. God wants to go to every situation in life. We hear and see all around us of different things that are broken, broken hearts. What about that family that have lost that, that father and husband, uncle and dad, a broken heart? And God wants to come into those situations today. Don't leave it till you're old. Do it now while you can. Tomorrow might not be here for many of us. We're living on borrowed time. My grandfather always used to say, as soon as he reached 70, he used to tell everybody, I'm living on borrowed time. Well, there's several of us here today living on borrowed time. God has given us extra days. But just, do you know that peace that God wants you to enjoy? Broken hearts, broken homes, broken homes, broken marriages, he wants to restore all those things. He wants to refresh them. He wants to renew them. 
lives and health. Only Jesus can make these magnificent promises come true for us. Nobody else can. No politician can. No friend can. But Jesus can. I've proved it in my life, and nobody can ever take away an experience, can they? Can they? Are you with me? Still there? Can anybody take away your experiences? No. And if you know Christ as your Savior, nobody can ever take that away from you. But if you don't, listen to somebody who does and experience it for yourself. The New Testament is full of references to the peace that Jesus offers. But you look and see at the end of this chapter, Psalm 23, a future where there's no lack. I shall lack nothing. A future with nothing lacking. Are you listening? Nothing lacking. I shall not want. I have all I need. We have all we need. A future without fear. I will fear no evil. Isn't that wonderful? This is what God promises you and me. Are you alive? Ooh, very quiet this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. Are you, are you one of these people that say, oh, I know it all. I will one day. I don't want to be religious like you, Partridge. I do something which might, other people might do as well, but I give away pens to everybody. If they buy a pen of sheep, I give them a pen. And on it, God is love and he loves you. I've given away hundreds. Might be thousands now. And I give them away free, provided they buy the sheep. <laughs> no, but I give them away to anybody. I get people, this is absolutely true, Wealthy businessman, I got one in Wales. I remember the other day, I gave him a pen last year. And he said, oh, well, that'll suit my wife. And put it in his pocket. He came up to me two months ago. He's, he's ever so wealthy. And he said, Partridge, you gave me a pen last year. It's run out. I said, where do you keep it? He said, on the desk. I said, do you read it? I do, and I have, and I will. Please give me another one. And I couldn't, I did. But that was absolutely a thrill to me, to think he had the nerve. He made out he was tough. You know, I don't, I don't need to be religious. I don't need to be spiritual, but give me a pen. And he, he wanted to put it on his desk. So it was there. God is love and he loves you. And I want to get that over to you this morning. God is love and he loves you. What was I saying? I'm going to turn over to the last page now. Time is going fast. A future with no death. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a bonus! We used to sing... A song, I don't know the, all the words now. Just, just a minute, come to me. Down here, my sins forgiven. Up there, a home in heaven. Praise God, that's away from me. Do you remember? Is it? 
You were singing. You say, would you come sing it with me? <laughs> I met Jesus at the crossroads. Where the two ways meet, Satan there was standing there. And he said, come this way. And Satan is doing that to you this morning. He said, come this way. What's the next line? Lots of pleasures. Yes, lots of pleasures I will give to you today. But I said no. And that was 69 years ago. How long did you say no? I'll give you a second or two. <laughs> I said no, there's Jesus here. Just see what he's done for me. Down here my sins forgiven. Up there, a home in heaven. Praise God. That's the way for me. What about you? And I didn't intend to say that song. We all sing it. Can we sing it or no? Is it, too, is it not possible? You don't do things spontaneously down here, do you? <laughs> do you do spontaneous things? Can we? How many of you know it? Just come on, let's just, just sing it. Then we'll sing our last hymn. Is that all right? We got time? Yeah. They're yeah, not too high because we're. We're not in the 14th century. Go start it off. Met Jesus at the crossroads where the two ways meet. Satan them standing there and he said, come this way. Lots and lots of pleasures I can give to you today. But I said, no, there's Jesus here. Just see what he's done for me. Dear, my sins forgiven, up there a home in heaven. It's God that's a way for me. Now that's taken us back about 50 years or 60 years. So wonderful, thank you. Now can we sing, count your many blessings? Now that was, we'll leave out the last one, we'll sing that one. Is that all right? Where upon life's billows? I don't know what a billow is. Anybody know what a billow is? A billow. Is it something to do with the sea? Billows? Anybody, any know? When upon life's billows, rough passages. I'm going to get down here, I feel awful. When, I can now, somebody wired me up, didn't they? Where is he? Back there, that chap up there wired me up. So I can go anywhere. In that one. Um, when upon life's billows, I am tempest-tossed. Thinking all this, when, um, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Would you, are you going to be with me? Are you going to sing a little bit better than you've been singing? Yes. Come on then, let's stand. Let's sing it. Lovely goy tune. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, many blessings one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has for us. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done.
Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Blessings and free doubt will fly and you'll keep the days go by. What do you do? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has amen. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven or your home on high. Everybody, count. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has. Ladies, so. Do not be discouraged, don't be Everybody, oh, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I think there's one more, is there or no? Have we stopped? Is that the end? Oh my. God, oh dear. That took it out of you, didn't it? Hey, please sit. Let's, let's commend ourselves to the Lord. And thank you for coming today. It's good to see you. Some, some I've missed that I usually see. They might be ill. They might be poorly. They might not come. So encourage them. To come back again. A lot of churches, the numbers are down a bit because we got out of the habit of going. So get back in the habit. Is that the right? Oh, the desire. The desire to come to worship. God bless you. Lord, we ask you that you'll come in a special way and bless every individual in this church today. The children, the organist, the pianist, the guitarist, everybody taking part the person who sees through the, the projector and everything, the, the leader this morning. Lord, may we know a special blessing on everybody here. May your peace, your joy, and the experience of the Holy Spirit be ours, not only today, but every day of the week. Lord, be with us, and may we know you with us every moment of every day. Thank you, Lord. Amen.